Hey y'all, it's Livy Redden. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I wanted to read another book excerpt. I haven't read an excerpt from my book in quite a while. And if you're new to the podcast, I came out with a book a year ago titled The Sooner You Know the Better. Dear teens and 20-somethings, it's time to fully face your fears about the future and embrace who you are. And today, just based off of what I have been, I've been feeling and messages I've been getting and comments, I feel like a lot of us are in a bit of a transitional stage. And I think spring sort of brings this, this feeling of self-reflection. And uh, I wanted to read chapter 17 from my book. It's at the end of the being chapter of my book. So my book is separated into three sections. One of them is the category of being, which essentially is just mindset shifts, mindfulness, that sort of thing. And chapter 17 is titled, I did what you said I was supposed to, Livy, and I still feel like crap. And so in this book, I kind of lay out the nature of, of change and the nature of growth just to give an additional perspective to an increase self-empathy and grace. And so I wanted to read this because I feel like it's really relevant for this time of year. So I'm just going to hop right into it. This is, again, chapter 17. I did what you said I was supposed to do, Livy, and I still feel like crap. As we move from part two to part three, I have one more thing I want to leave with you. Increasing the quality of your state of being is all about personal growth, improving emotional intelligence, healing, and increasing mindfulness. Now, the deal is, once you start internalizing and incorporating these things into your life, things will change. I want to make sure you are aware of and prepared for that change. No one told me, so I want to bring it to your attention. I just recently finished watching the Netflix series Shit's Creek. Don't come for me if you are a Rose family lover. I liked it, but I didn't love it. I am a new girl fan through and through. Sue me. <laughs> if you aren't familiar with Shit's Creek, it's basically about a family of four, the Rose family that gets screwed over and loses their fortune and millions and millions in assets. They all lose their status, their quote, friends and their jobs. The only asset they have left is a town called Shit's Creek that the dad, Johnny Rose, bought years earlier as a joke. The family has to move to Schitt's Creek and live in a busted and dusted old motel. They go from billionaires to borderline homeless. As the story arc goes, they hate it there, and then the town adopts them as their own. The Rose family gains perspective, new friends, new businesses, new lovers, and starts finding a life that fills them with joy. What I want to point out about this story is that as you grow as a person and improve your state of being, you will be forced out of your current home. You will be forced from what is comfortable to what is uncertain. You will begin to value yourself, your time, and your energy, and some people will not like that. Oftentimes, you will lose friends or the dynamic of your friendships might change, just like the roses did. You'll start to lose understanding of who you are because you won't identify with half the labels you used to, just like the roses did. You might lose a job or a certain status, just like the roses did. You'll probably go from comfortable, from a comfortable life to a lonely, dusty motel or a state of feeling lost and in pain for a moment. But you are resilient and you'll realize, yes, my life was comfortable before, but was I really happy? No. 
Was I the truest form of myself? No. Your old life will crumble just like the roses did, and a new life and state of being will begin to emerge. If you decide, and I hope you do, to put in the work to improve yourself, one thing you must know is this. If you do all the things everyone says you are supposed to do, or some of them, whatever, you know, float your boat. You go to therapy, you start meditating or journaling, you might start taking medication, you remove destructive people and situations, you adopt mindfulness practices, and you work on healing. You might still feel like shit. That is normal. Why? You just caused massive disruptions to your mindset, life, and your old way of doing things. When you change your state of being, your old self, that version of you that your life was founded on, completely crumbles and a lot of your old life will go with it. The healthy areas of... This is a, this is a great chapter. I haven't read this in a while. I'm proud of myself right now. <laughs> The healthy areas of that foundation will remain, but there will be a lot of rubble to clean up. If you've done what you needed to do and you still feel like shit, it means now it means it's now time for you to rebuild. You deconstructed everything you knew, which is incredibly brave, and now you are in a state of rebuilding. Change is uncomfortable. Stay courageous in that rebuilding process, and I know you will find peace. When we change the way we think and interact with the world, our minds get flipped upside down at a neurological level. As you adjust your mental and physical habits and daily routines from unhealthy to healthy, your brain will begin to physically rewire. Joe Dispenza's You Are the Placebo explains this so well. This book is one of my personal favorites. It is fascinating. Since I can't include the entirety of chapter three of his book here, I'll do my best to give you a very simplified version of the neuroscience he shares in my own terms. For years, you've done many of the same things every week. You hang out with the same people. You go to the same places. You constantly find yourself at the mercy of the same bad habits. Many of the same insecurities run through your mind. The same things trigger anger or anxiety for you. And the way you deal or don't deal with your emotions is probably fairly consistent. As you've created these routines, your brain started to physically mold to these patterns. As I mentioned way back in the introduction, the more you do certain things and create certain habits, the more your brain fires those specific neurotransmitters, the, body, the body's chemical messengers. The more certain neurotransmitters are fired based on what we do in our daily life, the more ingrained the neural pathways that those messengers take become. To add to this concept, these neural pathways we have ingrained into our minds become our mental software. We interact with the world and ourselves based on this software. Because of this, naturally, many of us are acting, reacting, and thinking in the past because we are using the same software that was built by our past experiences. That's what living in the past feels like. When we begin to change how we think and act when we begin to change how we think and act daily and no longer act like our past selves, we throw our brains for a loop. We are suddenly using different neural pathways that our brain isn't used to using. That is uncomfortable for your brain, not just for you. 
your brain is physically uncomfortable. This is similar to weightlifting. If you've seen the movie The Incredibles, you know Mr. Incredible, or Bob, is clearly skipping leg day. That man is incredibly disproportional. Incredibly, (laughs) pun intended. I can imagine that Bob's arms have gotten very used to doing push-ups and dumbbell curls. His arms probably don't get too sore anymore because they've gotten used to working those muscles. If Bob suddenly started doing an hour of squats and Bulgarian splits every day, he'd probably get really, really sore. The same thing goes for how we use our brains. If you used to always be very reactive to other people and suddenly you start becoming very conscious about your reactions and working to stay calm and valuing where you expend your energy, your brain will not feel comfortable doing that for you at first. It's got to trailblaze and work out whole new neural pathways for you. Your conscious mind is now trying to work completely against your body's downloaded software created from your past. Not only is this hard, but it's also really uncomfortable, as I mentioned. As we change our internal software, our, bo- our body struggles to recognize itself. We momentarily lose who we are. Our old self has crumbled and our new self is under construction, so we feel very partial and incomplete for a time. So you've picked up this book. You're clearly on a personal growth journey. That is only a start. Once you internalize and begin to practice what I teach in this book, you've stepped into that rushing river of change. But you don't get to ride a current. You've got to battle upstream. By the time we're 35, 90 to 95% of who we are is a set of memorized behaviors, skills, emotional reactions, beliefs, perceptions, and attitudes that function like a subconscious automatic computer program. Using that math, this means by 35, only 5% of your brain is working consciously. The other 95%-ish is working subconsciously or unconsciously. To change, we have to return back to mindfulness. To return back to mindfulness, we've got to use that little 5% of conscious thought to convince the other 95% or at least some of it to become conscious again. For you, since you're reading this, you've started 5, 10, 15 years before this statistic, 35 years old. So it will be a bit easier because you've got a larger amount of developing conscious brain available to work with. Stuff hasn't become quite as ingrained yet. So ballpark, we'll say you're maybe working at 30% conscious brain. That's still not easy and will no doubt feel like a bit of a swim upstream for anyone. Your mind and body are working in opposition when you first start changing your state of being. But as you work, it will become 30% conscious versus 70% subconscious versus 50. And you will slowly become a more conscious person who is no longer living on autopilot. When you stop living on autopilot, the life you've created on autopilot will collapse because we are moving from a reality that's engineered by our past to creating a better future for ourselves, engineered by our conscious present self. This is why, from a neurological perspective, we feel like shit even after we start making changes. Our brain physically doesn't know what the hell is going on. We are in the process of rebuilding. If you can stay consistent, 
you won't have to swim upstream forever. Your life will not feel like it's crumbled forever. You will rebuild and have the life you deserve. Lastly, it's important to remember that things usually get really bad before they get really good. Do not give up, please. If you care deeply about something, please do not give up. During the process of writing this book and starting my own business, there was one specific moment where I seriously considered quitting. I was in the shower, and y'all know the dark rabbit holes of thought that the shower can send you down. I felt beat up, exhausted, and extremely confused. I stood there thinking to myself, what the hell am I doing? I gave up a full ride scholarship, I moved back home, and now everything is riding on my shoulders. I just completely flipped my life upside down. If I fail, it's on me. I don't know what my next step is, and no one can tell me what it is. I'm constantly working, and I don't even know if I'm doing this right. On top of that, I'm so, so tired mentally and physically. I'm putting my soul and hundreds of hours into this book that no one is going to read. Am I delusional? Did I just set myself up for failure? As I continued to rethink my entire life, I spiraled into overwhelming fear and doubt. The unknown, it just felt like too much, and it was the first time since starting this journey that I truly considered quitting, stop writing my book, delete my podcast, reapply to colleges and jobs, and give up on my goals. It just felt like way too much for me. Then I remembered a quote I'd recently read. The thing we want the most comes usually when we're just about to give up. As soon as that quote came into my mind, I had a wave of hope and peace wash over me. I thought to myself, well, if that's true, something amazing is about to happen. A big smile came onto my face and I found myself moving from fear of the unknown to being giddy over it like a kid on Christmas Eve. I learned at that moment that everything is a matter of perspective. Later that month, I started making the most money I'd ever made in my life, had some massive breakthroughs about this book, booked my first personal podcast feature, and had the opportunity to have conversations with some cool people on my podcast, which always fuels me. Since then, anytime I'm just about to quit and surrender to my fear, I choose to get excited. I use that overwhelming fear in my favor and know that something beautiful is about to come to fruition. And that mindset has never failed me. Remember, if you are in the pursuit of changing your life and you feel an overwhelming urge to give up, something incredible is just around the corner. That fear is a cue for you to start getting extraordinarily excited. The breakthrough you've been waiting for is just around the corner. The universe wants to work in your favor. Trust her. As my dad always said, finish strong. That's the end of the book excerpt. I hope that was a good little self-reflection for anyone listening. I feel like that's relevant to all of us. And actually, that was a good chapter for me to read right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we can just be so hard on ourselves and forget the reality of what it is to be human. And just, you know, we just need to remind ourselves to be a little more gentle and slow moving and um kind 
that being said, thank you for tuning in today. Again, I hope you enjoyed. Uh, I always love doing these solo episodes. I think it's fun that I can just kind of chat and tell y'all what I've been thinking about, where I'm at, uh, and we can kind of have this moment to talk about life and what's going on in this interesting time of our lives. All right, I will talk to you all later, and I'll see you in the next podcast.